Welcome back to the Our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Dr. Michelle Finan. Join our conversation as we discuss how disability impacts sexual self-esteem. everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to raise awareness, educate, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. I'm very excited for this conversation today, and I would love to welcome my guest, Dr. Michelle Finan, and we are going to have a great conversation today uh, centered around uh, disabilities and relationships, and I'm really excited because this will be a two-part episode. Um, that we are going to uh, have here. So um, welcome to the show. And uh, can you just introduce yourself and tell us who is Dr. Michelle Finan? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'll kick it off by saying, you know, who is Dr. Michelle Finan? I'm an Arthur Aston fan, I'll say that. (laughs) We'll kick it off there. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm so glad that we crossed paths on Clubhouse, my new addiction. Yes. Um, had the pleasure of sharing a space with you and just, I'm so glad we were able to connect. I love your content. I love your energy. Your heart just comes across oh, in the shares that you put out there. So I love it. I love thank it. Thank you. Um, so I'm a fan. I'm a wife. I'm a wife to an amazing man, the most amazing man, a mom to two little girls. I'm a woman with a physical disability. I'm a disabled sex doc, a board certified (laughs) clinical sexologist, a licensed mental health counselor, and really just stepping into this space of doing sex, intimacy, and relationship coaching virtually, thanks pandemic. Yes. <laughs> um, but what I, I love the accessibility that that has brought for, for people, that virtual you know platform. So I'm extremely passionate about supporting people in the healing process around getting the love that they want and, and deserve. That's yeah. my thing. That's great. And I, um, thank you so much for, for the compliments you gave me. That was, uh, of course, the truth <laughs> bombs. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so it, it's really great to hear, um, you know, how I love hearing how other people, uh, introduce themselves and, you know, when it comes down to it, it's your wife and a mom and, uh, you know, and, and the passion that you have for the job that you do. And, um, again, clubhouse is my new addiction as well. It's, just so great. And the conversations that people um, that were able to have on there and to connect Mm. with other people with uh, disabilities. So many people with uh, disabilities are able to share their stories and um, the ability to network with other people Mm. there has been tremendous. So um, amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's great to have you on here today. And um, I'm excited to have this conversation because as we've, we discussed uh, before I started recording that uh, people with disabilities, there there are so many stereotypes and um, negative things thought about them in regard to relationships and the ability to have relationships or, um, 
you know, and so, so it's really uh, great to have this conversation to, um, you know, to start breaking down that stereotype and just to um, shed some light into um, your experience and uh, with the work that you do. So I'm really uh, excited. And um, in your introduction, you said that you do have a disability. Can you get into what your disability diagnosis is and Mm -hmm. um, how the diagnosis has impacted your daily life? Yeah. So I have osteogenesis imperfecta. I was born with that, and that's a big name, OI for short, but it's more commonly known as brittle bone disease, and it's classified as a rare disease, and no one in my family had OI when I achieved this status (laughs) due to a, a spontaneous genetic mutation. So I was the only one in my family with a physical disability. And um, with it affecting my bones, it really affects the type one collagen, which is throughout your body. So it's, you know, your ligaments are lax, there's collagen in your organs, your lungs, your heart, your skin, just bruising easily. Um, But most notably, it's a brittle bone disease as that has like the biggest impact I've had somewhere around 35 to 40 fractures and I'm actually rocking a broken toe right now. I don't even count fingers and toes or ribs in my in my lineup, but that would be just, I would lose count when it comes to that. Um, I've had 10 or so surgeries, including spinal fusion surgery for scoliosis. And I used a wheelchair until my junior year of high school and other mobility devices as I grew up, that's kind of the nature of the disease as you're, you know, growing, there's a lot of fractures when there's a lot of bone turnover with the growth. Mm -hmm. And then as things kind of level out, they level out, and then they go down again as you get older. (laughs) So um, I've had this, you know, I've been riding the wave, if you will. And um, I would say that being in a chair was had a big impact on me growing up and I was very shy and to know me that's really not a part of my personality I'm an extreme extrovert that's one of the reason why (laughs) clubhouse is like light in my flame right now because I just love that connection with people um but I used to be very shy and it was really more so because of the shame that I internalized about my disability and who I was as someone with a disability and just the label of disability in general. And mm-hmm. I, it affected my dating life. I never dated. I never had romantic relationships. And I really believed that love was just not in the cards for me. And I guess you can say that led me on my, my journey here. Yes. <laughs> that is... Um... It's so great uh, when I'm able to interview and talk with um, with other people who have disabilities and how their personal life has led to what they are now doing professionally. Um, Mm. You know, so it's your experience of, you know, not dating and and wondering if love was in the cards for you, as you said, uh, you know, how that led you to, uh, you know, to what you're doing and, and the work that you're doing. So that's really really great when that happens. And I think it 
happens a lot of times with people who have disabilities. They see, um, they see something that's missing in the world, mm. um, in their own world. And for me, I've, I've mentioned it before, my goal of uh, majoring in psychology was to help other families who had people with uh, children with disabilities because yes. it impacts the whole family unit. So I, um, you know, I wanted to share that with other people and my experience of uh, living in a family uh, as again, with the only, the only person who has a disability in my family as well mm-hmm. um, and how that can change things in a family. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it's great to, to see that you are, um, you know, working towards something that you uh, saw that was missing in, in your own, uh, in your own life. So that, that's really cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, how can, can you talk a little bit more about how, uh, living with a disability has impacted your sexual self-esteem and your acceptance of self? Because I know that's a really big, mm. um, no, that was a really big thing for me where it's just like, would people want to, uh, you know, get to know me, yeah. uh, you know, in a romantic kind of way, like, yeah, I have a bunch of friends and, um, you know, they're great, love them all. And, but it's just like, would somebody want to uh, get to know me, like I said, in a, in a romantic kind of way. And it's just, yeah. um, and it can be discouraging at times um, mm-hmm. to, like you said, to feel like, you know, maybe love is not in the cards for you. Maybe it's not meant to happen. Um, mm-hmm. So can you just talk a little bit about that and how, um, how yeah. you, you went about um, becoming more accepting of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say I, I really didn't have any sexual self-esteem really. And I, and I say, I I think they're totally different. Mm -hmm. The sexual self-esteem and versus just self-esteem in general, because I think a lot of times when we reflect, we could have good self-esteem. Like, I know I'm a great friend. I know I'm a great human. Like, that could be in a different category altogether than maybe where our sexual self-esteem resides. So, and those are different relationships, right? Like you said, I know I've got great friends, love you mean it, but you know, (laughs) what about over here, which is maybe what we're looking for. So I, you know, I really love working with people who are not even convinced that it's a possibility because I was that person, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't even entertain the idea that this is something that someone could find me sexually attractive. And I think because of that, I really did shut down any possibilities that might have been there. Like even today to look back, I'm like, no, I don't think I had e- even any possibilities, but I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did, but showing up energetically in this way that it was just like, nope, it, people pick up on that a lot more than I think we would like to (laughs) um, admit, you know, Um, I mean, like I said, the way you present yourself, even on social media, I'm able to pick up on your energy and I'm just like, oh yes, this is going to be a great conversation. And this is our first time being on a call together. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So we're able to pick up as humans, I think just a lot more than we really let on to. Um, 
So my sexual self-esteem was like non-existent, if I'm going to be honest. And I mentioned there was like a bell curve to the way disability for me was experienced in that it went from, you know, severely affecting my mobility to then I was no longer in a wheelchair. I was, you know, walking without assistance. I was doing this dance between like visible and invisible disability, Mm -hmm. you know, And, um, so even once I was no longer in that space of like, to look at me, maybe you wouldn't automatically see how disability was affecting me. The mindset was still there and it, I wasn't ever going to find what I was looking for until I shifted that mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, um, it's so important. I've said it uh, in previous episodes with uh, the self-talk that we have with ourself and how important that is um, just with, with anything, with um, just getting through some days, some rough days that we might yeah. have, um, you know, the way that we uh, talk ourselves through things and the way that we see ourselves is, um, you know, definitely impacts the way that we uh, present ourselves to others. And mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, and I, I think, again, like we don't really pick up on that. And, um, you know, having you say, you know, you can tell from my post on social media and just, you know, the way, um, you know, going back and forth in the emails and talking and just, um, you know, you can really pick up on certain things uh, from people, mm-hmm. but we don't, uh, you know, I don't know if we want to ignore it or just <laughs> choose to not pay attention to it, but it, it is something mm-hmm. that we, you um, that we have to pay more attention to. I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is, um, uh, so that leads to the next question of when did you, um, when did you start to realize the shift in, um, mm. in those types of things in your life? At, at what point did you notice that mm. uh, things mm-hmm. were changing for you? So I did at that point what, researchers do and I'm a researcher and I just dove headfirst into the study of human behavior and I thought if I could just brain my way through this I would be able to play the part and get what I want right so I studied men that was what I was interested you know in finding like Mm -hmm. I studied men I dove deep into online dating and I was like just headfirst trying to think my way through it and Mm -hmm. I consider this like my process of like learning how to swim but what I really wanted to actually do is dive right because we could swim and like we could get a few dates but like did I want dates or did I want love so Mm -hmm. I had to get clear with myself on that and you know I think until you're willing to dive inward and to really accept all of those parts of you, including the parts that you tend to hide, you know, (laughs) the parts that we just kind of tuck away into the caves and the shadows and, (laughs) you know, the stuff that we don't want to address, that they're fine. It doesn't mean that the dark is bad, right? It's just things that we are hiding. Right. Um, And until you're willing to go there, you're not going to enjoy the adventure, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
and all that you see when you're diving. And, and I use that analogy because I got my um, open water scuba certification and you could very easily just stay in your head and be afraid of like the fact that you're uh, really deep below where you're supposed to be breathing, you know, right. and you're relying <laughs> on this other thing. And it's like, it's a lot and you can get in a headspace of not being able to enjoy it. And that goes back to what you said, where it's like our perception is, mm -hmm. is so important there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that you uh, got your scuba certification. That's really awesome. <laughs> it's, it's fun. You could keep the anxiety at bay. Right. It, it could be fun. <laughs> right. That is one of the things I've always wanted to do. <laughs> always wanted to scuba dive. So uh, maybe I'll have yeah. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, I will um, hold space for you trying that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned the online dating. And I know this, this wasn't an original question that I had planned to ask. <laughs> Um, we got to go off course. Yes, yes, we? just a little bit. <laughs> um, but do you have, um, for people who have disabilities for, um, you know, for my myself, I'll speak for me. Um, and this for those of you who know me who are listening to this podcast, this will probably shock the absolute crap out of people. Um, <laughs> but that's what the podcast is for. I've had so many people say like, oh, wow, didn't know that about you. Um, so I, I did try the online dating thing once or twice. Um, and my, um, my experience has been, if I put a picture of myself in my wheelchair or using my crutches, I get no response. Um, but then if I do like a headshot or uh, just uh, me sitting in a regular chair, not showing my crutches or my wheelchair, I get responses, but then as the conversation starts and we get into, oh, well, what do you do? Oh, I work for a nonprofit that builds inclusive playgrounds uh, for people with disabilities. Mm. Oh, wow, that's interesting. How did you get into that job? Well, I was born with a disability. And then it turns into a, hey, are you still there? <laughs> you know, are you going to Hello, respond? is this thing on? Right, is this thing on? <laughs> Like, so do you have any, um, any input on uh, how people with disabilities can approach the online dating uh, world? Because now, especially um, over the last year, we've all been mm -hmm. in the pandemic, I know. Um, so going out and really meeting people um, in a face-to-face -face manner is those options are few and far between these days, especially, right. uh, you know, in the states where we get snow, like here in New Jersey. Uh, we're not <laughs> eating outside these days uh, for the next few yeah. months. Yeah. So do you just have any um, points or pointers that you could offer? Yeah. And I wish it was as easy as like, here's my formula. I right. discovered the key, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it really is feeling into what works for you. Now I will share this. And I think that this was a mindset shift for myself. When I was going through that same thing where I'm experimenting, right? You know, I'm a mm -hmm. scientist, I'm a researcher, right. I'm experimenting. I'm going to test it with this photo. Oh, that didn't do it. I'm testing this. And I experienced the same results where there would be crickets for mm -hmm. some <laughs> and then not for others. But what I found 
was also important was that correlation does not mean causation. So with what that means is just because there were crickets with this photo of me in my chair does not mean that that's the reason why. Right. And in working with other people who are also navigating the online dating space, I work with a, a lot of able-bodied people who will get crickets based on just the pictures that they're choosing. Mm-hmm. So it's really, there isn't a yes or a no. Now, what right. I will say is, the way I nabbed my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if this is like, do as I say, not as I do, whatever it is, I'm just going to share my experience. Um, I chose not to, at that point, include anything about that part of me, about my disability online. Mm -hmm. And we connected, we met on match.com. We, you know, we talked oh, for great. a very long time. Yes, we're a match.com wedding. Yay. And, <laughs> um, and there came a time when I felt that it was time for me to do this big reveal, you know, uh-huh. and leading up to it, I was, you know, trying to convince him that I was going to introduce him to this friend and, oh, you would be so great with this person. And he's like, well, what about you? And that just speaks to where I was at like this guy matched with me and I was still trying to find him someone else <laughs> because I was like you met you matched with me but obviously you just are here for me for my connections to right. my friends <laughs> what right okay so check your head space you mm-hmm. know um and when I shared that I did have a disability he it did not affect his the way he viewed me he saw that as a part of me that I just hadn't shared yet much like there were so many parts of him that he hadn't shared with me and I think sometimes as people with disabilities maybe we've kind of gone through life where we have been in a space where we've had to share a lot with medical doctors there or you know maybe we're the token person and people ask a lot of questions and we feel like there's this mandatory, I have to explain myself. I have to put it all out there right away. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no personal information. And I think it's important to look at that. You know, these are all things when I say it's important to look at that. These are all things that we could journal about, or we could have discussions about in clubhouse Mm -hmm. Um, or just with friends, because those things shape how we show up in scenarios. And as far as people not responding, you know, and of course, I understand that it's easier said from where I'm sitting, where I'm married now. And back then, if someone were to say, just keep on showing up, it's like, I have been, you know, like, right. It's tiring. Yes. But keep on yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the only way, the only way to find what you're looking for is to keep going. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about um, the way uh, as, as a person who has a disability, you know, we have been in many situations where our disability is the immediate question that is asked, or mm-hmm. it's, it's the, the first thing, one of the first things we have to talk about. And especially mm-hmm. for people with physical disabilities where, 
you know, as you said, um, being a wheelchair user and, and like myself being a wheelchair user of crutches, you know, you can't miss it. Like I'm, I'm coming right. and you see my chair, you see my crutches and it's, um, you know, so naturally I think people are going to talk about that when you meet people in person. Um, mm-hmm. but then in, in any relationship, there are things that you slowly talk about, you know, yes. you disclose things slowly. Um, yes. and I, I think, again, saying uh, for people who have the physical disabilities that you can see, the visible disabilities that you Mm. can see, you feel like it's something you have to talk about. It's like the elephant in the room. Like, you know, you you see me in the chair, so you know it's going to come up eventually. So I'll just say it now Mm. and I'll I'll get it Mm. out of the way. But I think it it was important uh, that you mentioned, you know, from, from your husband's perspective, that it was you know, there were things that, that you slowly learned about him over time as well. It yeah. wasn't just um, everything out on the table on, you know, the first couple of dates, first couple right. of times you went out. So right. I, I think that's very important, um, you know, that we, yeah, you see my chair, but we don't have to talk about it right now because there are so many other things about me um, right. that make right. me an interesting person. And it's so funny because uh, when I do my presentations in schools, I, I introduce myself and saying that I have spina bifida is the last thing that I say. Mm-hmm. I always say all the other things first. You know, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a friend. I like to swim. I like to take long car drives. I love the beach. And then yeah. I, you know, I say maybe 10 things. And then I'm like, and I was born with spina bifida that impacted my mobility. And I have to use this wheelchair and crutches. So it's, um, you know, it's a very similar thing where, it's like, yes, yeah. there's so many other things about me and, and every other person to talk about besides uh, the disability. So yeah. I'm sorry we went off course, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> I love going off-roading. <laughs> yeah, so that was really, uh, yeah, so that was really great. And, um, you know, because it really made me think, and I was like, wow, like, yeah, I have been in situations where my disability has to be the first thing we talk about, like you said, doctor's appointments and right, just, right. just in general of, um, you know, when you apply for a job, it's like, well, what do you need? What accommodations do you need? So you have to talk about yeah. your disability if you choose to disclose it. But, yeah. um, you know, so it, it's like, why should it be, you know, some people may feel like, well, well, it has to apply everywhere where I have to talk about it mm-hmm. right away. And it's like, that's not true. So, um, right. You have yeah. to feel into what feels good for you. If right. it feels good to, for you to put yourself out there as like, this is me. And if you're not going to respond to this picture, then like, fine, I'm weeding people out in that way. Yes. Or you can say, you know, I want to get to know someone before I disclose something personal about me. And I think everyone feels differently about that but we should be mindful of whether or not we feel pressure to share because of this um, experience of almost having to disclose or right. just becoming chronic oversharers in our lives. Like, am I this person who maybe overshares because <laughs> of my experience? We need to check ourselves, right? So yeah. it's important that we have that discussion. Yes. That's so great. That is, um... It's just, it's so true because we do, uh, like you said, we overshare. And I think as a, you know, almost as a society as a whole, it's, you know, with mm. social media, we get into the habit of oversharing things yeah. and <laughs> everybody yeah. needs to know our every move and what we're doing. 
Um, mm. You know, so it, it can become easy to overshare and just, um, you know, and the fact too of, you know, me being 39, I've been, you know, so open about having a disability again, because it's a physical disability and visible. So it's like, I have to, you know, I have to talk about it in many spaces. And, mm. um, you know, so it's not a big deal for me to talk about it at this point. Um, but it, it may not be that way for everybody. It still may mm. be uncomfortable to talk about, especially um, for people who may have acquired their disabilities later in life. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing this all of my life. It's all I know. So it is right. part Same. of who I am. So, mm-hmm. um, but for somebody, the newly, um, you know, the person who was, you know, has a spinal cord injury they acquired a couple months ago and yeah. uh, starting the dating thing, it, it might be, uh, you know, something uncomfortable for them to talk about right away. So mm-hmm. it's just, um, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to the uh, self-talk that we have with ourselves and what we are, um, what we're telling ourselves and, and how we are feeling about ourselves that is really uh, key to uh, take note of here. So right, uh, right. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for this conversation. This is uh, yeah, this has loving been great. It. Yeah. So um, we are um, wrapping up this uh, portion of the conversation. We are uh, going to continue uh, to record a part two where we will discuss more about the myths of uh, about sex, love, and disability, and um, just uh, different tips that that uh, people can um, utilize, I guess you could say, um, mm-hmm. to um, you know find love, and uh, if love is you know where love is, and and how they can find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, Dr. Finan, thank you for uh, joining me for this episode, and for everyone My listening. My pleasure. Yeah, and for everyone listening, just. Um, you know, make sure that you are uh, tuned in for part two. And um, just before we go, can you um, tell people where they can uh, find you on social media for uh, to see some of your great content that you post as well? Yes, you can find me on, well, on Clubhouse, my new yes. addiction. <laughs> um, at My handle is Dr. Finan, so D-R-F-Y-N-A-N. And it's the same handle, Dr. Finan on Instagram. And then my website is www.drfinan.com. Yes. And <laughs> I, you know, plan on rolling out some content, free resources to really just fill up and support um, my people, my community and love on everyone. And I'm also offering free consultations and clarity calls if they're looking for a bit more support and working with me directly. So oh, I would love great. to hear from anyone. Yes, that's great. And thank you so much again for your time today. And um, thank you. everybody tune in to part two. You don't want to miss it. Um, we are going to uh, have a great, another great conversation there. So uh, thank you for uh, joining me today and we will uh, talk to you soon. <laughs>